Rock for Cincinnati and Dayton. We're 97X with some Lou Reed with Busload of Faith. Uh, something from the RC Mob and a new band called the Beverly Hills Supper Club got things started. Tonight at 1020, it's a six-pack here at 97X with your host Dorsey. It's an appropriate six-pack title for Dorsey, Songs That Fly Off the Handle. That's the six-pack tonight at 1020 here at 97X. Dave, Dave, no, yeah. no, you're doing that thing again where you're, you're, you're kind of like having a flashback to when you and I both worked at 97X. We love that yeah. station so much. I understand why you're having a flashback, but no, that station's done, and we're just doing a podcast, 97X Rumblings from the Big Bush. I'm in my party dungeon. You're in your palatial estate, but the good news is- no six-pack with Dorsey? No six-pack with Dorsey? No. Well, Dorsey might be drinking a six-pack, even though it's like, you know, morning on the West Coast, but Dorsey's here. Dorsey, how you doing? I prefer to smoke my six pack. <laughs> not surprising. Not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing good. It's, it's pretty amazing to hear all you guys uh, say, uh, you know, the station call letters, and then actually be here with you because, you know, at one point in time we used to see each other every day, and now we haven't seen each other for eons. But somehow we fall right back into it, don't we? Exactly. Yeah, we do. Now, Dorsey, help me out here because. Did you used to call me when I worked overnights and you were working at a Dayton station? Absolutely. I believe at that time I was uh, I, I was trying to get because, you know, Phil just would, wouldn't take me as like he was just like, go away, you mosquito. But uh, what happened was that you and I, I would call you and I, we would just talk because we were on the air at the same time. I was at WAZU, the big wazoo in Dayton, 102.9 pure rock and roll uh, right on. And you were there, and I, I think I, 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 and the fact that you and I talked was amazing because a lot of people were like, "Hey, I got to go now, dude, click." But you gave me the time, and I was just kind of, I, I was just telling you like, "Hey, my, that's the station I really wanted. To, I wanted to drive an hour to work there instead of driving five minutes to work at WAZ, which just shows you how crazy I guess I was and still am." But yes, that's very true. That okay, happened. yeah, no, and I, you, I think, and I, that's probably what led. Uh, me to to feel maybe giving me the chance well you're welcome you're I'm welcome so i give you i owe you 20 bucks dude no it's fine because like the thing is when i remember that i'd get those calls and trust me when you're working you know midnight to six you don't get many calls and you're like i'm at another station but i like the music of 97x which like your passion for the music came through so, you know, it's probably just a quick mention to Phil. Hey, you know, listen to his tape again or whatever. Or let's get him in here because anybody that loves the music that much should be on 97X. Well, the funny thing about that was that when Phil left, he and I, were, I would like go to his house and hang out. That's the way we became really good friends. That's the funny part. Uh, and then the weird thing was I had I, I was out in California in Los Angeles, I believe. On my 30th birthday, because I remember it was my 30th birthday, and I was at uh, a bar that Kelly Savalas at that time owned, Kojak. And a guy that was there, because I don't know if you guys remember, but WKRP in Cincinnati came back and was on, like, the USA Network for a very short time. They It was like, this is WKRP now. Do you guys remember that at all? I think they brought back Andy Travis, like the guy that played Andy Travis, right? Wasn't he the through line in that or not? I believe so, but the guy that they picked to do a little bit of the to, to pick his brain was a guy I think who was at that time working for. Is there a station in Cincinnati like 
it wasn't EBN, but it was something like EBN. But this guy was kind of like the program director of that station. But they had called him out to um, to do some uh, suggestions about the show to make it okay. more like radio, right? I forget the name of what you would call that person. Uh, but in that interim, he knew Trip Reeb, who was the program director at K-Rock. And I ended up going to K-Rock and being walked around the station by the general manager. And I was nobody. And I gave him a resume and a little tape, and no one ever called me back. You're the only one that I know of that actually, you know, had the kazungas to to go to K Rock and, and try to get a a job there, which is which is pretty cool. But that's you in a nutshell. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that I mean, I I you know I I don't know how to be told no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I'm still, and that's why at 58 next month, I'll be 58. I'm still um, singing in a rock band that no one's ever heard of. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll get to that rock band in a second, but let, let's go back. So you you finally got on at 97X. And did you start part-time and then move your way up? Yes. The funny thing was, I for the first year, I worked only at night. I was only on the air from like midnight to five. And I was like, wait, they must just be afraid of me. Uh, but that was the shift that was available. And then eventually, I think I got into the seven to 12 gig. And then I think one day I found myself maybe in the middle of the day doing three to seven. How does this happen? And then eventually, you know, it just eventually I would get, I would get better shifts. But for the first year, I mean, I was just glad to be there. And I love, you know, Damien knows like kind of working at night. It's 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 weird, but it's also awesome because it's almost like a mad scientist in a rock and roll lab. Yeah, and 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 you're more of a night creature, anyhow. I mean, just the way you're wired, like you're 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 definitely yeah. a fringe kind of dude. I've been told that. I mean, I still I get up to go to work at two thirty in the morning now. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, <laughs> now now. Uh, um, I remember uh, the last job you had. You were doing uh, at ninety seven X was was I believe evenings and music director. Is that correct? I was doing afternoon drive and music director, and okay. then Dan Cromer was uh, on after I was on. That's right. Wow! And you've always heard, oh, go heard ahead. Dan was was Florida, right? Is Dan's last known whereabouts Florida? Well, no, uh, Dan. Uh, well, kind of. He moved from. From I think he was in Wisconsin, and the weird thing about it is, when last time I saw Dan, he had really long hair and he was dressing as a professional wrestler. <laughs> but he's a but believe it or not, believe it or not, a couple of the Beverly Hills Supper Club songs I wrote with Dan Cromer as a guitar player. Wow! But exactly, uh, the new song that comes out on vinyl next week, Western Sky is co-written by Dan Cromer, and no one really knows. Dude is a good guitar player. But anyway, he he went from Wisconsin to Florida, and I, I think he eventually went out to New Mexico. But weird thing that you asked me that, because I was in Cincinnati uh, doing some work on a friend of mine. I was doing some remodeling of her home, because I had a couple months to, to kill, um, like everybody else does in normal life, right? Yeah. Um, and I ran into Dan Cromer, happened to be in town, and he and I hung out. Uh, we went to the flea market together. He seemed to be doing pretty good because every time he went somewhere, he walked out with like two hundred bat, two hundred dollars worth of records. So I'm like, all right. Uh, and you know, he was just. I think we went to a guided by voices show, and he's always he's always loved DVDs. 
And it was just, you know, it was a good time. I, I honestly, I don't know what happened to him. That was probably 2013. And then you, so in addition to working at 97X, which would, do you remember the years you were there? Yes. I started in uh, March of 1993. And I ended, the, my last shift was the Friday on Thanksgiving weekend. And I think everybody went back to work on Monday. Like, where did Dorothy go? Cause it was just sort of, it wasn't really, not that I needed trumpets and, and, and a parade and balloons flying from the ceiling, but it was kind of like, I just kind of like slowly just kind of tucked and ran. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and the thing about it, and the thing about it was for me at the time, uh, my band Johnny smoke was beginning to, to gather steam. And I felt like, and I always have felt this way. Maybe I'm wrong because two of my favorite performers, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson, both got their start in radio as disc jockey. But I felt for myself that it was all, I always confused people because, you know, I was pretty high profile at 97X, especially because, you know, I was in the scene, I was in a band. So mm -hmm. I was almost double anting what everybody else was because I was living the rock and roll lifestyle just because, like you said, I'm a fringe kind of guy. And, um, I don't know. It's just um, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Here. Well, no, I, I was going to say say, uh, but you brought it up. You uh, of the years that I was there from '88 to '97, of all the people I worked with, you lived the music, both performing and on the air and in the scene more than anybody else at 97X. I mean, you were having parties with with you know living with Tim and Brainiac, and and you were telling me stories of of Marilyn Manson hanging out at the house. The next thing you know, you got Johnny Smoke and your plans, you know, in Lexington on a Thursday night, you know, and then scrambling back to Oxford to get to a shift. You were you were living the the cake song, rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> Absolutely, because like you said, on the weekend we would hop in the van and go to New York City. We, we, we that's what we became. It's almost like a a part time professional band. Mm -hmm. And then once we released the record, I mean we got we got records we got people asking for the record from every major label, but the problem with that is no one ever called back. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like K-Rock. Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, and, and I never thought this about myself. I've always loved music. I've always been pretty in tune and pretty educated about it, but I never thought I was, you know, I am, you know, like, oh, look at me. Urgh. And it was just always kind of like, um, I, I, and I kind of backed off a little bit thinking, oh, who, who do I think I am? Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's to me, that's been sort of the frustrating part is like, I've kind of taken the music thing and I, and I didn't do it for a long time, but I always felt like, felt like, uh, somewhat a lot of people didn't take it very seriously. Monday is April Fool's Day, and 97X is having a We Can't Fool You Day. You see, for 364 days a year, we play jokes on Matt, like soaping his car windows and giving him big old wedgies. Matt, he's so gullible. I bet we can't fool you as easily as we fool Matt. But we'll sure try to see if we can fool you two or three times per hour. We'll play a modern rock cover version. All you need to do is be the first caller into the 97X lines to tell us the song title and the original artist that performed the song, and you'll win a new modern rock Rock CD. Sounds pretty easy. We start early Monday morning at midnight and continue Monday until XCD. Good luck from the fools here at 97X, the future of rock and roll. And I will toot a horn. Beverly Hills Supper Club, your new band, which also yeah. uh, reverberates with people in Cincinnati knowing the history of that, but you know, nationwide, probably not. Um, 
is fantastic. The stuff that you've put on streaming so far, what's your plans with uh, Beverly Hills Supper Club? Well, let, let me start by approaching uh, the name. Uh, it hasn't been taken, obviously, with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. We know the history, and it's never cool when someone dies in a tragedy. That's not something that you celebrate or make fun of. And that's not the intention here. But to me, the way I was thinking about it, and how this kind of transpired was um, I wasn't doing anything. And Billy Catfish, who I started the band with, who people may know from the Cincinnati scene as a solo performer, yep. um, we, were throwing, dude, we were throwing around terrible names. Like the River City Boys, it's just stuff that was just like too many, you know, the, the the stupid brothers or whatever. It's just like, and I kind of started thinking about the fact that I'd lived in Los Angeles, we can get to here in a minute, in 2015. And honestly, I had not thought about Beverly Hills Supper Club probably for 40 years. And the weird part is, we started the band in 2017. The Beverly Hills Supper Club was, uh, the club fire was 77. If you know how to do math, that's 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So unintentionally, I'll, I'll take your unintentionally, word for it. But unintentionally going with his name, I'm thinking, I love this name. I just kind of spewed it out on a telephone call. And I was like, dude, that's the name. And Billy was like, there's no way we can use this name. I'm like, dude, that's the name. It has to be the name. So we kind of went back and forth. And for me, Beverly Hills Supper Club represents a place that ended in tragedy, but how many beautiful nights and how many happy nights did that place provide for people before that tragic night? And I would like people to maybe think about, we're trying to, we're trying to celebrate joy and happiness and not bring back a tragedy. That's all. Good if point. that makes sense. But the, yes, it does. But, very much so. But the plan about the band is we started in 2017. I was living in Austin, Texas at the time. The rest of the band lives in either Dayton, Cincinnati, or Kentucky. Uh, so it's like, well, how do we do this? And I was moving to California, knowing that I was moving to California in July of 2017. So in April 2017, I flew back to Cincinnati. Uh, we recorded all of our tracks at uh, Kurzog Studios, downtown race, where uh, Hank Williams did his first recording. Yes. And it's a very historical building. Um, and honestly, I came to town with a notebook and no song. And Billy and I sat down in the living room. We wrote State of California, Bloody Nose and Rhinestone Clothes, uh, Socket to Ya, and I believe uh, a song called Hen on a Hot Rock, which will be our next single after this one. So we laid down, I think, probably about six tracks, and the tracks that we recorded as well as songs that I had written with Dan Cromer uh, in the early 2000s, uh, which I, are really good. He has really good sort of sensibilities about uh, the guitar. But and look, that's, I mean, the, the kind of, the next goal is to basically record another batch of songs and just kind of, right now we're just going to kind of put out a seven inch at a time until we get five, seven inches out. And then we're going to compile those five, seven inches into an LP. And how, how can folks like discover your music? Because you're geographically separated. You didn't get a chance to record. So when you release these seven inches, how do you promote them? And how can folks find you? Okay, good question. Uh, first and foremost, as the leader, I made the rule, no radio and no print media. We don't, we, we don't mail anything to radio. 
We don't go for print media just because that's a full-time job in itself. I know this. I, I've had these people call me every Wednesday. You guys have too. Uh, but So we're doing it for the love of the music, and we're kind of taking a step back to the 50s where people just release singles first and then would put out a full length, kind of like almost like a greatest hit. So we've kind of taken it back all the way to the 50s before the Internet, and people can get it. Uh, I love the hard copy. The vinyls were being printed last week. Our third seven-inch, our third release, uh, is up for uh, grabs probably in about 10 days because we had them printed at Music Hall in Columbus, Ohio. So until I actually have the physical copy in my hand, I don't think it's real. But for people who love uh, you know, the modern way of doing things, streaming, downloading, that kind of thing, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, you name it. It's out there. Just, you know, if you type in Beverly Hills Supper Club and you get to the fire, that ain't us. We're the music. We have six songs available uh, so far. And literally the vault is empty until I go back home to Ohio and we lay down some tracks. Hopefully soon. But we don't know. We, we have a weird we're in a weird time and a weird year. And you're not really supposed to be flying and moving around. So, you know, safety first. Right. Rock and roll next. Yep. Safety first, that's what rock and roll when next. You, that's, what, that's what happens when you go to old first. You know, 20 years ago was rock and roll first, safety second. <laughs> no, no, 20 years ago for you, it was like, what's safety? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I, 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 I love the, I, I love that. But I mean, and like you said, I appreciate the fact that you've listened to it and, and the fact that you like it means the world to me. So I just say to everybody who knows me, give me a chance. This is a great band. These guys in my band, they're the guys. I mean, I sing. These are the guys. I have five guys who kill. Yep. They're all great. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the guys in the band is Tom from Johnny Smoke. He plays bass, and his son David plays drums. So you still got a teeny bit of Johnny Smoke in the band. Um, a, a quick question for you back to the 97X days. Do you remember the first song you played on 97X and the last song you played at 97X? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> like, do you? Yeah, I do. I, 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 it's the same song because I remember the first song I played, so I played it as my last song. Damien? No, I have no idea. No earthly idea well, you of know either what? one. Either, can we help that Dave is an overachiever, dude? <laughs> <laughs> hey Fish man, I, I I I wish I did. Now you made me feel bad. I should have written it down and been like, I because that, that's very important. Yeah. It is. Yeah, just, I don't even your... have a '97 X T-shirt, man. All right. You know what? You could buy them now for like fifty bucks online on eBay. Those things are going like for hotcakes, original ones. Yeah, they're gently worn well, too. Know, so you... watch out for pit stains. Hey Maxwell, we know she has a closet full of new ones. She's not coming off of. <laughs> yeah, right. We we know and stickers, yeah, no, all she's... of it. Yes, she's got, she still has promo CDs in the plastic. I'm kidding. No, I love Julie. Probably, she, she probably does. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah. I will tell you this about about being on the air. The last my last hour, I just brought in records from home and played whatever I wanted to play. I think I played Rolling Stones and the Monkees and. A bunch of country music like Flying Burrito Brothers, but I don't remember the last song. I wish I did. The first song, God, I wish I would have known that too. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing to think back. It's a bookend of your uh, career there at ninety seven X, and and you had a a very illustrious career there. It was it's great catching up with you. Well, I appreciate it. I um, it's one one of those things in life where 
one of those few rare times where you're in the place that you should be and it feels all right. Because, you know, not every job is like that, man. So you, it's one of, those, one of those jobs you pinch yourself going, I can't believe they pay me to do this. I think it speaks volumes that, like you said, like you were at Wazoo, the big Wazoo in Dayton. So, you know, arguably better station in the ratings and stuff like that. And five minutes from your house, but you were willing to drive an hour to this uh, tiny station in Oxford because you love the music. And I did it for five years. Yeah. 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 And, you know, yes. I mean, the, the fact that, I mean, number one, Steve Baker uh props to steve baker and doug and linda for allowing me to play with their toy i agree 100 percent with that yeah no it and, then, a and then folks like you like i mean you guys are, are people that i'll never forget and, and working with you guys was a pleasure because i think we all learn things because we were all very different people doing sort of having the same love for the same kind of art and that's also very rare when you when you can run into somebody that Maybe you don't dress like or look like, but man, you you have great conversations and, and you can talk about things that because you have sort of the same interest in love, and that's that's a beautiful thing, I think. And we had a uh, we had a very beautiful thing in the '90s and the '80s there, you know. Ninety-seven X. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Rumblings from the big bush.